Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Peace, everybody. This is Dana Scott of the Inferno podcast, focused on the Suns, here with Dr. Patrick Batillo, a.k.a. Mr. Orange, the Suns superfan, and the legendary Seth Sabalas of the Phoenix Suns, Lakers, Dallas Mavericks. Also, you you had a Nuggets jersey uh, one time. You were talking about that <laughs> at one point, too, right? Yeah, congrats to the Nugs up there, man, doing their thing. It's funny, I saw I was in Vegas and, a couple days ago and saw um, – Skywalker, man, and I was like, Dave, congratulations. I know it's been, a, you know, they had that first one, so yeah, he's like, he amazing what the city is doing right now, so that's crazy. Yeah, man, congrats. Yeah. Man. That was fun covering that series in Denver. It's a really interesting place, really small town, but at the same time, uh, it, it's really cool. I got to go to Red Rock Amphitheater to see Bone Thugs and Harmony. Shout out to my friend, uh, you know, Kyle Lucas and her husband, Paul Lucas, as well as uh, Sublime. I'm not the biggest Sublime fan, but to see them perform with a sold-out crowd was pretty cool. You know, oh. and, you know and I don't practice Santeria. Um, so I'm just saying so. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about the Suns' moves in free agency. That has passed since June 30, 30th when that uh, market began. But also talk about Summer League, most importantly, because that's where uh, Dr. Patillo is. The Suns, uh, Tumani Kamara, their second-round draft pick, number 52, out of Dayton in his performance, playing those two games till he you know, was shut down, uh, as well as Victor Wambayama. We're going to also speak about Matt Ishbia's comments relating to uh, the interview that my colleague Dwayne Rankin did, and it was published today. Um, it was He's in Vegas covering the Suns. And Matt Ishbia had a response about Chris Paul's comments exiting the Suns upon the trade for Bradley Beal a couple weeks ago. And we'll also talk about the rumors regarding Paul George and James Harden. And uh, Bull Bull speculated to be signed by the Suns. That's really, really interesting in itself. But first, let's start talking about the, you know, the free agency move since we haven't gotten to that yet. How do you guys like what they were able to pull off with the vet minimums uh, that they were only able to accomplish signing players in the free agency market, being that they are past the second apron with uh, a luxury tax per the collective bargaining agreement. We'll start with said. Well, I thought they did a pretty good job. I mean, Phoenix is a destination town uh, as far as the NBA goes, as far as franchises, because, uh, you know, obviously it was just, there was some stumble in our last owner, but, uh, as far as the, the lifestyle, the weather, uh, the fan base, uh, you have an opportunity to get uh, top-notch treatment. Uh, a lot of people who have had health troubles in in the past came to Phoenix, and all of a sudden, boom, uh, they're doing great and doing healthy. So I, th I didn't think it would have been a hard de decision for uh, some of the free agents to take lesser money and come here. I just thought it was going to be, um, you know, would, would he be the right fit and would he help him out? And then you add Kevin Durant, Bill, uh, along with a, a Booker and Aiden, who is already here, yeah. uh, it's just it's just a no brainer. Uh, you know, just what pieces of the puzzle uh, would the Suns put together? Uh, sometimes it really doesn't matter how much money you have left on that cap. It just means it's a good situation because you can 
you know, uh, you know, you look at Green and we talked about Denver earlier. We look at Green in Denver, uh, him moving on. You know, that's he's going. I think he's going to get five more years after winning a championship. So if you if you're looking for a place and a destination to win a championship or better your career, extend it a little bit. Uh, you take less of money here, you might have an opportunity to get more later, Patrick. Real quick, I just wanted to run down some of the players that they've signed. They've signed seven players, including veteran Eric Gordon as shooting guard. They got Utah and Watanabe from the Brooklyn Nets, who shot 44.4% uh, from the three last season. It was in the top five in that category. Uh, they had uh, Chimezi Metu from the Sacramento Kings, who's a big KTB Diop from the San Antonio Spurs, who had a career year averaging 9.7 points a game, and he was basically a 3 and D guy replacing Torrey Craig. Uh, and they have Drew Eubanks, who's a big uh, from Portland, uh, had a career year at 14.5 points, 21-22 uh, season, and um, they signed him to a vet minimum deal as well. And they re-signed Josh Okoji and also Damian Lee, uh, to name a few. Patrick, your take on this. Yeah, you know, I'm with said. Uh, we talked about it in one of our last podcasts. I don't know if it was one before or two ago, but uh, with regards to Phoenix being a destination, the players having to reach out and, you know, get others to come here because we knew the financial situation, you know, the Suns put themselves in with the moves that they had made. And I think, you know, when you look at the total makeup as of now of who the Suns have signed and the list you just went over, Dana, I look at all of that and think, especially with a full season under our belt and a whole training camp, that this roster is is much better than what we had going into the playoffs last year. Uh, now, obviously, uh, there will be a ton going on between now and uh, training camp starting, and then obviously looking at what that looks like as the season gets going. But uh, really excited to see, you know, what's been going on here at Summer League, how many guys have been here, you know, just to support and show their love, uh, you know, the entire coaching staff um, being here also just starting to build that chemistry and camaraderie. So I think, you know, the Suns have done a great job uh, with all of the signings, you know, post uh, the big moves that were made, you know, when we talked about uh, Washington and sending uh, CP3 away and, and getting Beal. And so, uh, yeah, I think I, I am really impressed with what they've done. Uh, not surprised because, again, we talked about how much of a destination this would be and uh, especially with the key pieces that are here. So it's definitely uh, looking like it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I agree with both of you guys. I mean, the Suns have added length. They've added a little bit of physicality and Drew uh, Eubanks from Portland. They needed an enforcer that they missed out on having Jay Crowder last season. And uh, they didn't really have that. Bismack Biyombo kind of was, but he wasn't really the guy that could give offense uh, like Drake Crowder could. Jock Lando made up from that, but he's not really the bruiser type. And he's also a second-year guy still finding his way in the league. And shout-out to him for getting that deal for four years at $32 million from Houston, who had the cap space to give them that as they're rebuilding with a young core. Uh, but I, I really like what the Suns did to get these guys to basically to add a little bit of shot blocking in the middle. And if they get bowl bowl, they can put DeAndre into his natural four position as I wouldn't say he's undersized as a center, but in the, he's a traditional four as a guy who can basically uh, get the rebounds and, and have the floater and jump shot off of fadeaways in the corner and mid range. Um, he seems more like, he could be put in a natural four spot as he played at Arizona compared to the five as he's been playing uh, throughout his career as a walking double-double. So 
What do you think about the prospects of him playing the four and having a guy like Bull Bull in the middle or Eubanks in the middle if they have a Twin Towers lineup for it to complement uh, the other big three with Beal, uh, Durant, and Booker? It's it's scary because, you know, obviously, let's, you know, Bowl great at the five, eight, and at the four, but most importantly, real scary is definitely consistently having Kevin Durant at the three spot. You know, if you look at that, I mean, obviously it's his natural position, but if you look at that, he doesn't have to carry on in, on, on a situation where he's helping out. He's a bonus on rebounding. Uh, you got two shooters in Bill and Booker, and also, you know, um, you bring Gordon off the bench, professional, always has been, and will definitely knock down shots, and he has hit some clutch shots against the Suns over the years, so uh, definitely going to be good to see him, you know, wearing the Suns jersey and not, you know, being that trigger guy. Uh, for somebody else, but I think the more important thing it is 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 the defensive presence with all with all three of those guys. I mean, I I, I consider Durant a seven footer. I mean, you give him an inch or two, he wears a cap. He's gonna be seven footer. And uh, you trying to get anything short range, you trying to get anything towards the basket, uh, dealing with Bo, dealing with Durant, dealing with Aiton uh, at, at the rim, or even short range is gonna be very difficult. The only thing you probably be able to get off. It's, it's a fast break offense or or long range threes. Absolutely, I, I do like Bull Bull because of the fact that he can. He's a seven foot two Denka tribe Sudanese big. I love those Denka tribes, man. You know, shout out to his uh, late father Manu Bull, who you played against, said, and he basically has the skills of this guy who's just long stick figure but he can handle the ball and he can stretch the floor with his mid-range shot. He averaged 9.7. Uh, he averaged about nine points a game in his first healthiest season of playing over, uh, playing up to 70 games last season in the four years out of uh, Oregon where he was a one and done has been played by injuries, but he showed with his potential throughout those years. First off in the bubble with the Nuggets when they went on that run uh, against uh, the Lakers uh, all the way up to the you know, Western conference finals against the Lakers uh, and that improbable comeback down 3-1 against the Jazz in the opening round uh, in the bubble and all the way through the years backing up uh, Jokic. And then in you know Orlando, you've seen what he did with that young core that's rebuilding and showing their potential. And so it seems like even though the, the Orlando didn't want to extend him, he seems like the type that could really bring uh, a presence uh, for a team that could use a non-traditional big and they could basically just play off each other in a high-low scenario if they do have Aiden or Eubanks in, uh, if they want to give Aiden a breather and keep him out of foul trouble. Uh, but, Patrick, what do you think about having a guy like Bull Bull uh, if they do sign him in addition to Aiden uh, with you know, being at the four? Oh, I'd love it. I think it just – the word that comes to mind is options, right? Uh, you you both just kind of talked through a few of those that it would give uh, Frank Vogel and his staff. Uh, just what look are we going to throw at you, depending on the matchups, the games, uh, foul trouble, injuries. Like, it, it just allows and, – and specifically the defensive presence. Um, you know, obviously that's been an area of focus, especially last season – um, and the playoffs is we we need to improve that as a unit. And I think uh, a lot of the acquisitions that were already made do that. But you add somebody like Bo Bo, I think that that's kind of a game changer in an area that it's much needed, whether that's backing up DA, playing alongside DA. Again, it just opens up that word I want to use is so many options that 
um, allow you as a coach, uh, but also when you're looking at matching up against the Suns, it adds another variable that you have to game plan against. How will they leverage, uh, you know, this type of a, a lineup and rotations and what is that going to look like? And anytime you can do that and make it harder on the opposition, you know, you put yourself in a better situation. Yeah, I like the shot blocking element that they bring because they didn't have that in playoffs. They needed a guy or guys like Drew Eubanks, who did have a career high in blocks at 1.3 last season. And Bull Bull is just, you know, this freak of nature that can just stick his hand up and he becomes, you know, 10 feet tall, you know, with his wingspan. And so I, I really, really believe that that could just bring a whole nother dimension, like you said, and make the Suns that much better for a further push and give Aiden the breather that he needed when they didn't have anybody to back him up in the playoffs uh, against Denver when Aiden caught that elbow from, you know, or the knee from Bruce Brown to the rib cage and he couldn't breathe in afterwards. And they didn't really have a guy like Biamo. Biamo's a guy who I do like, but he's 12 years in, he's 30 years old. He doesn't really do anything other than catch lobs. And, you know, he, he's not the greatest at setting screens because he always get called for, you know, offensive fouls because he's almost like DJ Humphreys out there with the offensive line, you know, rather than actually setting a screen that DA or Jock could have done and Jock is gone. So those are the types of things that I look forward to of being able to have a guy who can catch those pocket passes like DA does, you know, when you get a double team on Book or Beal or Durant who can turn around and just basically teardrop it or just shoot it from, you know, 15 to 18 feet out. So this segues also to the summer league games, and I'm seeing Tamani Kamara. He's actually showing out. He had 20 and 9 his first game, and he had 11 points his second game. And I'm seeing Jordan Goodwin. He has some left uh, some some uh, left knee soreness, uh, so that made him sit out or game two, and they're being careful with him. But he came back against, you know, game three in their loss, um, you know, the night. Uh, to what was it? The uh, they, 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 Pelicans they, last night. Yes, they played against the Pelicans. And uh, shout out to Jordan Hawkins, a UConn. You know my Huskies. He, he helped lead to a title this past April. And so he, even though Jordan didn't have a great shooting night, he was one for twelve. You know, but I, I do like what I see on the floor with summer league. What are your biggest takeaways of summer league since you're there, Patrick? Yeah, you know, um, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I think. Uh, I liked what I saw at a Kamara. I'm not a fan of, let me start with that. This, like, why is the summer league becoming this rest fest with all these rookies? Um, right. You know, the, the, like back to back yesterday. So Kamara rested. Obviously, you saw after two games when Minyama got shut down. Um, I'm just never a fan of that personally. So uh, no matter when the time is and it's a back to back, but you're playing, you know, four games. Uh, and now you have all these days off before we play again on Friday. So that was a little just disappointing to me. Um, I, I love how he attacks and he's very selfless. So those two areas I like. What I what I want to see him continue to grow at is, you know, the first quarter he came out in game two on Monday night. Uh, yeah, Monday. And super aggressive that first quarter, nine points. Uh, and then he scores two the rest of the game. And so a lot of that was a defensive wall. So anytime he was attempting to drive, they would just make sure they walled up in the paint, uh, built a, a, you know, a wall, and he would just he was forced to pass. And so that that's good, but you got to make adjustments because if their game plan was to make you a non-scorer, you know, they did just that for the rest of the game, you only getting two points. Uh, he has to be more consistent at the free throw line as well. So again, I know a little overly critical, but of course, you know, getting the snapshot of these three games, uh, that's what I would like to see, you know, more from him. But 
Love how selfless he is. That's great to see in a young player, especially coming into a system like this uh, with Phoenix. It, it will allow him to flourish, but uh, you also have to be able to read and react to uh, to what the defense is throwing at you. And uh, that game, you know, the Suns won. It was close at the very end, but uh, had he been able to continue dominating like he did in that first quarter, uh, you know, the, the results would have been much, much better for the Suns where they didn't have to, to navigate from there. But um, yeah, overall, uh, and I really love, you know, number 55, his like both games, uh, the last two games, I was able to watch, uh, listen to his communication as a big, his presence anytime they were coming in the paint. It, I think it was interesting last night, he got subbed out towards the end, and then that's when uh, New Orleans was able to go on their run. Uh, but when he's in the game, just on both ends, he's a solid presence, hustling for every opportunity to grab a rebound. And so, um, you know, that that was a plus for me, is I, I think that young man's going to have an opportunity somewhere if he keeps playing at that level. It's real difficult to because uh, I I got an opportunity to see both Suns' games uh, live and also Victor to both of Victor's games. It's it's a, it's a little different than when I was in summer league. And I'm not trying to compare the two, but uh, you you said one thing, Patrick, that you love the selflessness. Everybody overpasses now in the summer league. It's not really a dog that says I'm gonna go out and get 20 shots. Everybody's a team player, but I think the reason why they shut a lot of guys down who who will make teams. Uh, like, you know, obviously Victor's number one and, and, and uh, you know, our picks are definitely will make our basketball team is because you're playing against guys that are fighting for their NBA lives. Like one of the things that uh, I saw with Victor is uh, they, you know, you had five, two guys trying to block his shot. And I'm like, that's in a regular NBA season. That's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul is not going to leave his feet to try to block when Mignana's shot. It's not going to happen. So a lot of times you see guys, they're going to come down wrong. They're going to come down crazy they, because they're going, they're, they're playing extra hard. It's a lot of charges. It's a lot of tempted charges going on in the summer league. So you get that craziness. So when it comes to players at that caliber, I, I really do want to see them, you know, for the fans, one or two games. But once they get, you, you can see some flashes there. I, I want you to pull them out and then give somebody who has an opportunity to to really blossom and do some things. But I think the more important thing uh, is is the the intensity of the Suns. And, and you probably got that from every team, but the intensity of the Suns in the summer league was really good. They were talking, they were communicating. Uh, looks like they were really paying attention uh, to to details and uh, which is a good case. Uh, not that they didn't do that in the past, but uh, knowing what uh, Vogue's going to come in and do is is really get on the defensive side and make sure everybody is locked in on the defensive end to try to you know push themselves in a position to win a championship. And most of the time, you know, w when it comes to who they're act adding to their roster. Everybody always goes off a champion, you know, and obviously we got to stop the Joker. And how do we stop the Joker? I'll, you know, go get another seven footer to try to, you know, maybe double team with two seven footers. You never know. And then you look at uh, Milwaukee Bucks. They adding both Lopez brothers now along with Giannis. It's going to be real difficult to try to, if they come out of the East and then and, and try to get them in the finals. But uh, the more important thing of both times in summer league is to make sure they stay healthy and to see how they can adapt to the fast paced physical game of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's Trey Jeminson. Jeminson is who uh, really impressed me just from, from a hustle perspective. But yeah, even though we have the, the, 
the two losses said, uh, and we need to we need to shoot better free throws. Uh, that that was really disappointing in in the games. Uh, someone told me, "Oh, it's summer league. What do you expect?" And I'm like, well, "I expect that out of my high school athlete. So I expect that out of anybody. I don't care if it's summer league. Like you got to knock your shots down." But uh, yeah, the intensity, the communication, you could just see the culture throughout the Suns. Um, and and like you said, it said it's always fun watching guys fighting for that opportunity, whether it's you know NBA, G League, overseas. Uh, this stage and platform allow them that opportunity to be noticed uh, yeah. because they know the world is watching. Yeah. There's a thing that I'm thinking about. Like, I, I agree with you guys about how do you load manage rookies? How do you load manage guys who need to prove themselves, guys who are basically the main attractions in the league? Now, I get the Victor Wombayama thing. I'm wondering, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting how you got guys who basically like, Victor or Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson who get hurt, right? You don't want to hurt your, your your future cash cow. You don't want to hurt the guy who's your top overall draft pick and or risk him for getting hurt. But with Victor, I understand because of the Britney Spears thing. He's already gained some notoriety, which is kind of weird in itself as you got this Hollywood celebrity, one of the biggest – you know, celebrities on the planet for the past 25 years who taps him on the shoulder and security guards, you know, basically, you know, gets in this, you know, fracas with her somehow, you know, and it just trouble finds him. You don't want him to have trouble finding him anymore. And he's also 7'3", he's still learning the game and he still needs to be molded. And he basically looks like he could be broken in half at any second, but the potential is there. So, um, but at the same time is, these players need to be acclimated to the game because it is a totally different game than what they previously played in college or if it's overseas. And Victor Wamayama even said that, uh, like, about a year ago. He said that just yesterday uh, mm -hmm. regarding trying to, uh, you know, basically adjust to the game where he says that it's less physical, more fouls overseas, um, and you basically are trying to uh, – he's trying to adjust to the fact that it's it's more athletic than it is overseas. Um, and, and we've heard this for many times before from other athletes. And so we saw heard Lucas say this years ago. We saw, yeah. you know, go yeah, ahead. Dana, to Seth's point, I think uh, I like that. I think that's a lot of it with teams are assessing. They, we know like Kamara is going to be a, a Phoenix Sun, right? So, yeah, yeah. so to Seth's point, I, that makes sense where the front office and the coaching staff want to assess other guys that could potentially again be on a G League affiliate or that they're looking to fill a spot. And so that makes sense to me perfectly of, yeah, here, give these guys a game or two. They're going to have a training camp and then they're going to have, um, you know, obviously the the preseason to to get acclimated and then the season. But uh, yeah, said, I think that's a great point is, you know, this is the time to get opportunity to see how do these guys compete at this level if you're looking to potentially sign or uh, get get these guys on some of the G League teams? Yeah, and it's not a situation like the WNBA on, you know, you you, you chose, I, I can't remember her name right now, but she just won a national championship and she's a second pick and she doesn't make your team. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand how, you know, first you thing. Asia Reese? 
Yeah, like that that GM should be fired. If you if she's not going to make your team at the second pick, you you, you should have traded her away or something. You should have gotten something for the second pick. Uh but I think these players that are drafted and 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 are shot or are 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 show um shown in a way that they're going to make their team. Yeah, one or two games is fine. And I used to get frustrated too. I played uh summer league when when I came in the league, obviously low second round pick, but Westfall, Paul Westfall, rest in peace, used to take me out of games anytime they had a clumsy big man in the game. And uh, he'd be like, I can't put you in the game, said. And I'm like, Paul, what's up? What's, why are you not playing me? He's like, well, you got big clumsy out there. And I, you're a guy who goes to the rim and elevates. And 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 I don't want to, to have to hear Jerry Colangelo get on me. Well, why did you have said out there playing against this guy who can't play? And all he got, is doing is out there fouling people and this, that, and the other. Um, so it, it's real, it, it's real a, a situation where, you know, uh, and then also on the other side, the guys, uh, you know, who don't get drafted, who are walk-ons or just, you know, signing, uh, trying to find two ways or trying to make their way in the NBA. Give them an opportunity. You know Victor's going to play 82 games if he's healthy, and he's going to average about 30, 30, 40 minutes a game. You know he's going to make pop of his team. So give this young guy who doesn't, you know, or a guy who's trying to just stay in the league, give him an opportunity to play. He might get seen, you know, by somebody and get a, get a chance to play. So it's both ways. They, they don't want the guys getting hurt, but then also they want guys uh, uh, an opportunity to play because future future guys who don't get drafted are watching and saying, nah, I watched Phoenix, and they didn't play none of the guys who walked on. You know, they only played their draft guys. They only played the guys who was going to make their team. It's like, well, why should I go to Phoenix? Because I would never get an opportunity to play because they don't, you know, play their their big-time guys. So it, it, it is both ways, guys. I'm looking at it where I'm just wondering about the fact that if, if you can't make the team, you know, in terms of the women, you know, this segues to the WNBA in which I'm wondering – how is it? I know that there's a the cost structure is so much different than the NBA. Um, it's, it's top picks. That's what makes the the, the lifeblood of the league pretty much right. keep going. So if you don't have that, like, then how do you basically rebuild for the next stage of the team? That's what I don't understand. Um, and you're just coming off a national championship. She's been on everybody's television. For the past, you know, the whole month of March, in the April, and you draft her second, and she doesn't make the team. I, I I don't understand how you don't capitalize on that PR, and if not on that PR, trade her uh, to somebody else where you can get whoever you want. I that just you know just boggles me. That well, that they're they're capitalizing on the PR now, Sid. Just <laughs> the opposite kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so also wondering like. Where is the – I think with Angel Reese, she even said that she's getting more money through NIL than what she would make in the WNBA. So she's not hurting to go to the WNBA anytime soon. You see that with the Cavender twins in Miami, who are from Gilbert, Arizona. Um, and, and I'm just thinking to myself that, okay, they're going to WWE and they're basically going to try and make it where they can uh, – you know, make a, a bunch of dollars from their endorsements on protein and fit, you know, drinks and fitness and all these other supplements and such. The the W is basically not needing uh, the young folks. So the young folks who actually, you know, like Kate and Clark's and Angel Reese's and you know the uh, 
Haley Van Lifts of the world who are joining LSU, they don't need the W either. And it's a conundrum because the WNBA is downsizing as it is with this collective bargaining agreement and such. But even though they're looking to expand, so it's weird in in that way. Um, And and speaking of which, the All-Star game is happening this weekend. So who are your top uh, players that you're looking to watch in the All-Star game? I'll go for two, actually. Aaliyah Boston, who hit that game-tying three against the New York Liberty today. I saw that live. That was pretty cool uh, in Indiana. Um, And then uh, I'll say the Ryan Howard, uh, second-year Atlanta Dream player out of Kentucky. Who are your two? Well, favorites are always Aja Wilson. She's just fun to watch. She's worked so hard, a lot of skills. Uh, but then you can't, you know, you can't deny Stewie, man. Stewie's just, she's, I mean, Kevin Durant's twin right there when it comes to be able to move her height and how high she gets the ball on on her lift, on her jump shot, her moves, her creativity. And, and she really stays stays calm. I hope that team of, of, of I want to say, I want to call them the big five, but uh, I hope they really keep that team together and watch them develop a, uh, uh, it's disappointing uh, what the Mercury are doing right now, but they're going through some changes. It's tough when you have, uh, you know, arguably the best player ever to come through the WNBA with Diana. Um, but uh, it's good to see that Brittany is uh, going to be a starter, and uh, it would be a, it's going to be it's going to be cool to see how they, um, you know, show her some love when she's announced. Yeah, uh, Stewart as well said, and then BG, uh, just for, you know, that that amazing comeback story, uh, just being able to see her in that element again. Um, you know, she dunked the other night, uh, which is not a common sight in the WNBA. And so, um, you know, as said, alluded to a lot of changes there, uh, just hired, you know, a new GM. And, um, you know, obviously the coaching situation, making the change, having the interim coach now. So uh, definitely a year of transition, if you will, uh, for the Mercury, but um, always going to be fun, you know, watching the NBA All-Star or WNBA All-Star. Yeah, shots out to Pip. Um, he stepped down. Uh, he, he has done a great job over the years with the Mercury and uh, not only his years with the Suns too, but uh, Pip yeah. definitely, uh, uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do next, if he's any do anything at all, but uh, he has had he has had a great basketball mind and probably will continue to. Yeah, I believe said they're keeping him uh, just in a different role within the organization. But to your point, don't know if that's all he'll do or something else. Yeah, I mean, also the, I, I picked Ryan Howard because he was a replacement uh, actually, um, and so I like what Ryan Howard can do. She, I mean, she could drop 30, 40. I mean, she's just one of the best you know, all-around players that are coming up in the second year. And, I, and Aaliyah Boston, she's the number one overall pick, and she's a starter already, you know, picked by Aja uh, Wilson, and who's the reigning MVP. I, I think that that's something to be said about uh, a you know, player like that, who's coming from South Carolina, the most dominant team in college basketball the past two, three years. Um, and, and then they basically just have – this player who's this the next great big. I, I do look forward to Brittany, and I love how she dunked, and, but the Mercury uh, are just not as exciting to me because of where they are. They just fired Vanessa Nygaard a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, because of the – she didn't click with players. She was – not to speak against her credentials, but she is a former high school coach. And nothing to speak against high school coaches because – Patrick, yes, you are. Well, <laughs> you might want to do a state title. You're going to tread lightly, Dana. <laughs> but she 
came as a, a high school coach to an assistant, and then after she had one year as an assistant under Bill Beer, she became the next coach of the Mercury, replacing Sandra Brandello. Sandy is a very, 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 very tough shoe to fill. Now that she's in New York Liberty, you know, head coach, and you know she's doing what she's doing over there with that, you know, super team led by Courtney Van Der Sloot, uh, Brianna Stewart, John Quell Jones, and Brianna Ionescu, and they're all all stars as well. Yes, Dana, uh, it's pretty uh, exciting. The Suns are having a uh, exclusive event to kind of showcase uh, sneak peek some items, which uh, are rumored to be new. Uh, uniforms so uh, i'll be at that on monday the 24th um they are uh not allowing any cell phones so if you don't leave them in your car uh they're making sure that they take those before we come into the event uh so just wanted to throw that out there so one of our pods right after that on the 24th i'll share my uh insights and inputs on uh, what those look like yeah uh no doubt no doubt I'll definitely check that out last point before we go we got about uh, less than five minutes left. Matt Ishbia addressed comments about Chris Paul saying in that interview with the New York Times upon the trade to the Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal that uh, Matt and Isaiah had uh, wanted to go in a different direction in terms of what he was told by James Jones the day prior versus the next day when he found out he was traded uh, en route to Good Morning America to promote his book, 61, about his legendary high school game that honored his late grandfather, who predicted that he would score that amount uh, the week prior. So that being said, Matt Ishbia said that that is untrue. He denied it. He basically said that Josh Bartlestein, who's Bradley Beal's agent, James Jones, Frank Vogel, and Matt himself were the ones who brokered the deal for Bradley Beal. Now, do you feel that this will basically put Matt Ishbia in the clear with this 182.5 million payroll or puts more pressure on him to succeed now that Chris Paul is out of the picture? We'll start with Seth. Well, I don't think the pressure comes from Chris Paul. It comes from Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, getting Kevin Durant, uh, his caliber of, of play, along with Devin Booker, Aiden, and Chris Paul when he was here, that automatically put pressure on you. Now that Chris Paul is gone, the pressure is still there. It didn't, you know, his Chris Paul's, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, no, no, no question. Uh, one of the best point guards this game has ever seen, but uh, that that's not going to take away or or add to his pressure uh, that he has to win a basketball, uh, that he has to win a championship with this lineup and his payroll. Um, it, you know, it, Chris. It happens. It's it's the league. Uh, you know, you know, Magic got Pat Riley fired, and they're they're best of friends. They've always been best of friends. It's just a game, and it's just it is what it is. Whether Isaiah said it or Matt said it or whoever conjured it up, it doesn't matter. Uh, don't burn any bridges. Uh, you know, you never know. Right. You know, Chris Paul's intelligent player. He may come back and coach. Uh, after he's done in about five years, who knows? He may come back and be a GM, a president, a, a, you know, owner, you know, who knows? Uh, but 
you know, it's, it's no reason to try to point fingers at Isaiah or Matt for, for trying to conger up a, of, of, of him being out of there. I, you know, if anything, I'm surprised he didn't point finger at me because I said it a long time ago. If he doesn't win, <laughs> he's gone. And that was on both sides. That was on Chris's side. I thought Chris would yeah. shop around and try to find himself a, a better situation to win a championship because the clock is ticking. And I thought that uh, it's, it's about time to get uh, Devin Booker a different uh, running mate. Uh, somebody that he can either either rely on or or not rely on to boost his twenty plus points up to thirty plus, or you know, or reduce it down so the other person get twenty, and that's what Bradley Bill can do. Bradley can get twenty twenty five on any given night. Not you know, Chris had to be cooking that night to get that. No, you know, no no offense to Chris, but it's just the way it is. I just thought it would be a change. So, um, what, what do you think about it, Pat? Yeah, you know, uh, briefly is just you had it said to me. It's Look, Matt Ishby has great friends with Isaiah Thomas. He made that clear. If I became an owner, I'm going to have my best friend. I'm still going to talk to my best friend the same way I did. It does not mean that person's in the organization or making decisions. And so I think, you know, I just, I didn't like how Chris put that there. It was already out there, you know, coming in when people put false reports, Isaiah Thomas was going to join as this is Ishbia, you know, shot that down immediately. He shot it down again, just move forward. They're friends. They're going to have conversations. Uh, you know, the article you're referring to, from Dwayne Rankin, you know, Matt Ishbia made it very clear, you know, all our decisions come from this executive team and the executive team only, you know, that's it. Of course, I talk to all my friends about anything, but when it comes to decisions, you know, they don't have a, a final say or an input into what those are. So um, I think that's that. Do I think it'll go away? No, I think Isaiah Thomas was there yesterday. I sent a picture out just to get people, you know, rallied up and it's exactly what it did because uh, Ishbia, uh, Ishbia came out but sat away from Isaiah Thomas, but Isaiah Thomas sat right next to Frank Vogel. And so uh, it's just an interesting dynamic overall. But um, I, I think it'll fade out over time, but initially it's not going to right now. I just feel like this is, this, this scenario is kind of having Chris embody the uh, the video meme of Isaiah that's been used time and time again about the dream teams. Like he had the like, criteria to be on the team, but you know, it, that's not how the way it went. You know, and so uh, it, it paraphrasing what he said, it's in that sense. Um, I, I really, really think Chris is uh, is a great player, but sour grapes make papes because his 15 uh, million guaranteed turned to 25 in trade value when he went to the Wizards. But anyway, shout out to uh, you guys said and Pat, Dr. Patrick Batillo. And also uh, everybody listening and shout out to a man, Donis Henry, who was supposed to be on, but uh, we did not decide to go in a different direction. <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't click you on. We'll get you on next week, bro. We love y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.